Good afternoon. This is Joe Mullings. And this is Holly Scott. And you are with On The Line. And Holly and I are going to chat about intelligence today being inserted into our med tech devices. Okay. Intelligence in our devices. Not, yeah. in, not, not how intelligent you and I are. Is that what you mean? Well, we're intelligent <laughs> devices. That's true. Right? Could be argued from others, but that's all right. Whole different subject. Don't invite them into the room. <laughs> so intelligent devices, intelligent yeah. Intelligent devices. It's interesting is more and more of our clients are involved now with getting data out of their otherwise typically in the past dumb devices. Mm -hmm. um, meaning that what can we put a sensor in and gain information out on the patient or the procedure uh, to learn from? Yes, yes. We're seeing companies become heavily reliant on the clinical function, which because uh, that's becoming more and more their magic, right? The more data they collect, the more intelligent they get, the more value they have to the market. It's it's tremendous. It's an, a really exciting curve we're seeing. And it's and it's another revenue stream too. Oh, absolutely. And we're seeing that in a lot of places. So mm -hmm. um, one of our favorites is Potrero Medical, mm -hmm. run by Joe Urban out in California. Um, I think so. What Potrero does is that they typically use a urometer, uh, Foley catheter that has been around for 30, 40 years. The tech hasn't changed. And I'm just giving you this as an example so you can get it in your mind's eye. Historically, the Foley catheter has been put into the patient in the ICU, CCU setting, and it tries to drain the urine out of the patient. Mm -hmm. um, but because of airlocks and the inability for the charge nurse, who, charge nurse who's always overworked, always. is not always mm -hmm. uh, is not able to clear the line. Mm -hmm. And so Joe and his team have developed an unbelievable tech. But more importantly. It's not your grandpa's Oldsmobile anymore. What mm -hmm. they've done is they've come up with an incredibly clever disposable set that has sensors in it, a very unique balloon in it. And I believe that they get five different metrics now from an indwelling catheter that previously was quote unquote dumb that now can predict acute kidney injury, um, which is a $10 billion a year uh, expense to the healthcare market. Mm -hmm. And that just, a year and a half ago was a dumb device sitting in the corner of the ICU, CCU doing nothing. Yeah, that's a, that's a no-brainer, that application. If they can get that as we expect them to towards a successful launch, that, that giving the physician that kind of information real time with real tangible results is it's tremendous. Yeah, the evidence yeah. is there. And, and we bring this up again mm -hmm. because this podcast is less about um, what you should buy and more about where you want to steer your career. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, the, the thing you have to look at is where is tech going? And we mm -hmm. say that a lot. And we know where it is today, but we mm -hmm. want to look where it's going. Mm -hmm. here's, here's where I forecast is going to occur as you look at being the architect of your own career moving forward and driving it. Historically, the patient monitoring business has been sleepy, boring, in fact, jettisoned off. Mm -hmm. You know, Edwards sold a large part of their patient monitoring a couple of years back. Mm -hmm. I think that's prime real estate these days when you start to incorporate this um, data analytics and adding a smart sensor technology. Why would mm -hmm. you not want to own what I call the real estate on the pole mm -hmm. in the ICU, CCU setting where you can predict 
failure or catastrophic events? Oh, there's no question. There's no question. That data that data is becoming incredibly valuable. And even with the the teams that are developing developing the technology from outside of the software, right? We know that these are primarily primarily driven by software. The individuals that are around it, even a mechanical engineer, right? With with other clients, we've got a phenomenal client on the East Coast that's that's got technology that can get involved with a cardiovascular diagnostic in 10 minutes, what it takes days and multiple tests and everything else to get to. And um, some of the initial pushback when I'm chatting with with people is, well, there's there's not a lot of challenge to, to this product development effort because we're just putting what's already out there together and then zapping in the software. You know, if I'm an engineer and I'm really creative, and at the end of the day, you have to step back and say, okay, where is the market going, right? And if we know that this particular area of the market is going in a in a direction, you need at least owe it to yourself to explore it, yeah. right? You're not you may not be sitting and designing on the CAD machine like you used to, or or thought that you may get your most challenge out of. But at the end of the day, incorporating that software into a tangible device that and then pa packaging it so the FDA can make it palatable and actually approve it, that's still got a lot of meat to it. There's still a lot going on. Right, and, and while software is cool and software sort of makes the world go round, mechanical people actually move the world, right? Exactly, so exactly. So without amazing sensors, mm -hmm. without pushing sensor technology, without redesigning, and I wouldn't even call it redesign, without new design of these disposable sets or indwelling devices that have to sit on the patient with the sensor incorporated, that's all brand new mechanical design. That's mm -hmm. material engineering. That's electrical engineering on pulling the signal from the sensor to the board and then delivering it to the software engineer. There is so much more than quote unquote software when you're looking at these. Sure, there's the whole machine mm -hmm. learning component. Mm -hmm. I would say, however, that as an ME or a EE or a materials engineer, that you really need, as you pointed out, to give yourself a fair look at mm -hmm. what's going on. Oh yeah, and, and, and let's think outside of engineering for a moment. This has created enormous opportunity for regulatory and clinical. The regulatory professionals that are getting exposure in these software-driven technologies are typically first movers in oh, this space. Think about space. all the software QA work we're doing right now yeah, in this area. There, there's, there's so much going on. So that regulatory exposure and getting these technologies, and it could be pushed to PMA. Some of them are, even if they're non-invasive. At the end of the day, there are there are so many lessons to be learned and so much value that they're getting. And uh, clinicals, my goodness, the clinical... I've talked to some people early in search and say, I don't know, it's just basically monitoring a 10-minute procedure. It's like, do you have any idea that this, this is going to be the value of the organization, this clinical function? Because this is driving the data. And the data that we get only makes this technology better and better. It's, it's incredible. It's, it's a really unique platform for opportunity. And look for more and more devices to, that are indwelling to have to incorporate sensors and the ability to drag data. So we mm. just got contacted yeah, great a couple point. days ago. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a sleep apnea device that is um, an indwelling device in the mouth. Mm -hmm. And it's got a number of sensors in it and it's pulling biometrics out of the patient and then giving that data to the clinician or the physician and allowing them to preemptively uh, either cure or um, 
better treat the patient because you have a massive data set you're pulling out of that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we have another uh, situation where there's a client who's a $2 billion a year player. They have a major push right now on mechanical electrical software to start embedding sensors and quote unquote smart technology into every single one of their, I think, 15 medical device firms that they own. So from a career perspective, mm. I, I think what you want to do is as you go in for an interview or as you look at uh, a medical device company or any company for that matter, but we're, we're on medical device here and, and, and on the line, you want to ask what does, how are you answering the data analytics side of the business? Mm -hmm. How are you answering the predictive health? Because if your device is not giving me something more than the obvious use and not helping a physician or a healthcare provider be predictive in their future care, mm -hmm. then I'm not sure I want to work here because that will be a dinosaur. I mean, I'll totally be historically right on that. Mm -hmm. There are some that are not going to, but I think you're going to see syringes. Mm -hmm. I think that you're going to see even um, a robust number of patient monitoring devices mm -hmm. start to have, because you already have the real estate on the patient. Right, right. Exactly. So if you already have the real estate on the patient, mm -hmm you're going to start to see acquisitions made of these patient monitoring companies mm -hmm. that I want that real estate so then I can start to put predictive health because mm -hmm. it's beyond the selling of the equipment mm -hmm. and the selling of the disposable. The new revenue stream in MedTech is the data. Uh, without doubt, without doubt. We've seen the importance of it creep up from the early days of diabetes and, and how the, the sensors technologies and how, how important those became. The market is just incredibly large, and that's because that particular disease state is so incredibly large. That's just one. That's just yeah, one. Yeah, that's a small one. Yeah, that's a compare. Well, it's 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 a it's a large one, but it's just one compared to but what else is out there. But career growth-wise, in other words, mm -hmm. in other words, I, I think that that's a huge disease. Mm -hmm. So what I mean by that is is the growth trajectory in the introduction of prediction mm -hmm. in a medical device. So diabetes has done that for years. Mm -hmm. They predicted, they stay ahead of, right, exactly. a certain metric. And so that tech isn't gonna change much. Mm -hmm. Maybe the sensor is, mm -hmm. um, it's been the holy grail, I get it, but I'm talking about all the devices that are right now in the market mm -hmm. that don't have any predictive in them. Right, right. They have, they're going to have to tie into something. They're going to either have to have the capacity or they're going to have to tie into something. Especially patient monitoring. So mm -hmm. for all of you listening, in the patient monitoring space or interested in that kind of space, mm -hmm. go right now, figure out all of the equipment in the ICU, CCU setting, figure out who all the companies are, mm -hmm. and then start to look at them for career opportunities. Because I think that will, that will be the leading edge. The same way that I believe robotics, while it's cool and sexy mm -hmm. on the surgical side, I believe, other than ortho right now, robotics will be medical robotics, not surgical robotics, on the diagnostic side, mm -hmm. you know, robot. right? Exactly. Take a take a repetitive mm -hmm. movement done right now by a mm -hmm. tech thousands mm -hmm. of times a day, mm -hmm. and I think that you're going to see on the diagnostic side that robotics and that data become a lot more of a uptake on um, companies being built, tech mm -hmm. being built, careers and opportunities being had. I would say the same on the patient monitoring side. Oh, without doubt, the, the imaging alone, the imaging capabilities, and we've talked about that even with the, the surgical side, right, on the robotics, and it, it's that data is it, it will become more valuable than the device itself. Listen, you know, it's all over the place. Twenty three and Me, we, mm -hmm. we talked about that a couple podcasts back. Sure, you pay ninety nine ninety nine mm -hmm. for the kit. 
But do you know how much money did you see? Um, I think they just struck a huge deal with a pharmaceutical company in Jersey. Um, I don't know if, if Caitlin could look that up, 23andMe, um, the pharmaceutical deal they just struck. So what they're doing is they're, they're selling that DNA data mm-hmm. now to the pharmaceutical companies that helps accelerate the clinical trial, hmm. right? And so what you're gonna do is you're gonna start to see more and more of that mm-hmm. data having a post-market value or a predictive ability because what's happening in healthcare right now is it's gonna be the cost of care. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So if I can predict something before it happens, mm-hmm. and we talked about Potrero with sepsis and um, AKI, acute kidney injury, you got it for me? Oh, GSK, mm-hmm. right, with Glaxo, thanks. Mm-hmm. Glaxo, that's our research team, crack research team. Right there. <laughs> um, so 23andMe just struck a big contract with GSK on clinical trials. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so if I can head something off of the pass mm-hmm. to obviously save a patient's soul and um, sometimes more importantly to the bean counters, uh, reduce the hospital's stay for the insurers mm-hmm. and then clear that bet out earlier for the hospital. Right. All of that is a win-win-win across the board. Maps back to success for for sure. We we see that patient every hospital time. insurers, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. That's the way it's going. That's the way it's going. So. Predictive healthcare, data analytics, machine learning. Mm-hmm. Look for the quiet, sleepy monitoring companies <laughs> in the ICU, CCU. I'm also forecasting that there's a structure. Ooh, before I go. Mm-hmm. There's a structural heart company mm-hmm. that is making a valve. They're in the Twin Cities. Okay. And they are putting a smart technology in the valve itself. Okay. I don't want to say who it is yet because I think she swore me to secrecy mm-hmm. um, when we were over in Dublin at the MedTech Strategist Conference. And I believe it's a tunable technology. It would probably have to be, right? Yeah. Okay. A tunable technology mm-hmm. in a heart valve replacement. So my point is, is these are all smart technologies where classically they've been dumb or inert devices. Right, right. Right? Yeah, they, so yeah. anyway, I just thought about that. That's yeah, my that's, that's an, that's Alzheimer's. <laughs> it's interesting, though. But it goes. It goes back to what you're saying. Every device that touches a patient, the, it already has the, the real estate. Get the information. Get the information. It's, it's there. It's right. always on. You right. just have to figure out. And sensor technologies are accelerating at such a rapid pace mm-hmm. right now that we can get things a lot quicker, easier, and Mm -hmm. more robust and more granular data. Mm -hmm. And that's where the software engineers then come in. Because if you can't give them that granularity and specificity, they're only as good as the data they get. Right, right. And and there's a lot of naysayers out there about data and and what it could mean and and how it can, you know, it's gonna turn the world upside down. But at the end of the day, there's so much good that can come from that. There's so much insane information that can be really leveraged Mm -hmm. to make better decisions about care. Bottom line, better decisions about patients' care. If I know all of these things versus having so much more limited information and within the bell curve of humanity or of this sample of 5,000 patients, this is what you look like, it's more information and then you can make better decisions. So it's it's really an interesting trend to watch. Well, that's another episode of On the Line. I'm Joe Mullings. And I'm Holly Scott. We will see you next time. Thanks.